Hi there, and welcome back to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. If you've been listening recently, we've been featuring the Sustainable Food Center in Austin. Not just because they have the word sustainable in their name, although that's important. The main reason is to highlight the many resources and learning opportunities they provide for us that focus on making fresh, healthy food a regular part of everyone's diet. We first looked at Farm Direct, which connects local farmers to businesses, schools, organizations, and to you and me through farmers markets. We visited with Grow Local, which provides classes and resources for people to grow their own healthy food. And today we'll be visiting La Cocina Alegre, the Happy Kitchen, where you can learn how to prepare and cook all that wonderful fresh food. Joy Kasnowski is Program Director of the Happy Kitchen La Cocina Alegre. I'd like to welcome you to Mothering Earth. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me and to our listeners. Thank you for having me. Uh, and I'd like to begin by learning a little bit about the mission of the Happy Kitchen and uh, perhaps also about the mission of the Sustainable Food Center. Sure. Um, Sustainable Food Center is the organization under which uh, La Cocina Alegre, the Happy Kitchen, is one of the programs. And Sustainable Food Center's mission is to cultivate a healthy community and increase access to affordable, uh, nutritious food and support a local food system. Um, and it's got it does that by three main three main program areas. And we like we have a little mantra called Grow, Share, Prepare. And the growing part is our Grow Local program, help people grow food, um, really giving them the tools and education to do that. Uh, The SHARE program is connecting um, farmers uh, and producers to consumers. So our Farm Direct program, we have four farmers markets that run weekly. Uh, We also have Farm to Work which um, connects farmers to consumers via workplace. We also help um, and encourage uh, schools in local school districts to order local produce uh, for their the students at the schools. Um, and then the Happy Kitchen, which is the program that I oversee, and that is the program that we kind of, in the mantra, grow, share, prepare, the prepare part. So once you've grown it or you've obtained it from somewhere, what do you actually do with it? Um, and the program started off in the late 90s as just La Cocina Alegre. And at that time, it was just a program um, that was primarily for um, Latina moms, and the idea was kind of um, sprung out of some of our other um, initiatives at that time with farm stands and gardens and about, well, you know, again, we've got this here, but are we teaching people what to do with it? If we're encouraging folks to eat um, healthy food and and produce that they've grown or gotten from wherever it is, how do we do that? And people need some maybe education. We started to then probably see the the kind of the statistics with diet-related disease and chronic disease kind of inching up. Um, And so since that time, the program has grown tremendously. Um, again, that was in the late 90s. I started at Sustainable Food Center eight years ago, um, and there was only two of us staff in the Happy Kitchen at that time, and now we've grown to five people in the Happy Kitchen. Um, and the um, kind of our, our um, flagship a project within the Happy Kitchen are six-week class series. And these are class series that are held all throughout the community. So at schools, recreation centers, clinics, 
places of worship, libraries, um, community centers. And these are six-week series that are uh, classes that are taught for an hour and a half every week. So the kind of cohort of anywhere from 15 to 25 people meets together for an hour and a half. Um, and they go over nutrition and, and a recipe cooking. Um, and we have a cookbook and we have a curriculum. And uh, at the end of every class, everybody goes home with the groceries to make that recipe at home. So it's really that experiential learning component as well um, as being in kind of a peer environment and not just peers because you're learning with other people, but the people leading the classes, they, they are what we call facilitators mm-hmm. and they are actually peer leaders from the community who we've trained to lead the classes. So the classes are not taught by um, dietitians or right. nutritionists or medical professionals or chefs even. They're really people from the community who either took the class themselves or found out about it another way and really wanted to be involved and help educate and promote healthy eating. Um, And so those classes are offered in either English or in Spanish. um, And those are completely free. And we really try to look at, um, you know, health data that we work with the city or the state um, getting to, to where to locate those classes because we really those classes are primarily grant funded and so we really want to work with folks who are either low income and or have higher rates of chronic disease in their community. Um, and we moved into our building in 2013. Um, we actually have a center for our sustainable food center, um, and we have a beautiful teaching kitchen. And one of the things that we wanted to do with that teaching kitchen is offer more classes to more people. And so the majority of the classes that we offer in the kitchen are um, a pay-for-service model. So they are fee-based classes, but they're open to the general public. And we came about that idea because um, even before we had, when we were just doing the six-week classes, we had an interest from people wanting to learn how to cook or cook healthy or cook with seasonal food. Maybe they got a community-supported agriculture box and said, well, I don't know what to do with this. And, you know, I'll pay you to teach me how to cook. And so we thought, okay, well, how could we create classes that are going to be educational for people and worthwhile and creating that skills and confidence in the kitchen to encourage people to cook and eat healthfully and locally, um, but also be at a price point that people could afford. So most of those classes in the kitchen um, are between $30 and $40. Um, and we have you know different little incentives and little cards and class passes and things like that to, to bring that down but really what we're trying to do is kind of create an equitable you know arena where anybody can participate in a class who's who's interested and wants to learn how to how to cook more healthfully and mm-hmm. um, you know on a budget and locally as well but you were talking about uh, basing your uh classes and 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 the sort of I, I think what you were saying is that sort of the topics that you would pick based on health data um, can you talk a little bit bit more about that how does that how does that work sure um, the, so the six-week class series um, when it was first developed we based it on the food guide pyramid um, and we use that kind of and as the pyramid kind of changed and morphed over the years and as most people might be aware now the the federal government has something called the my plate we came out with our own we call it the happy plate before that um, kind of wanting to give more of a visual of if you were to sit down to a meal what should your plate mm-hmm. really look like and, and you know inspire you to eat and so again half of its fruits and vegetables a quarter of it is grains um, and cereals and then a quarter of it is protein um, we don't include milk as an outlier we include milk in the protein just knowing that some people milk you know you're kind of we're if you can digest milk you're kind of an anomaly in the world because humans you know as adults really can't not not everybody can can 
drink right. milk or wants to. And so we wanted to make that as put it in your diet if you're if you want to do that. But otherwise, you can get calcium and protein from other sources as right. well. So that's kind of the basis of the six week model. Um, so we talk about really whole grains and differentiating what is a whole grain and and moving kind of from where you are now and moving you along kind of the 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 continuum. So if you're eating you know white rice, maybe trying brown rice. Or if, um, you know, maybe you have tried brown rice, but maybe you're trying some newer grains that you've never heard about before. Mm-hmm. Um, also understanding packages. Um, so, you know, when you're, when you're at the store shopping and you're looking for products, because I realize that we buy, you know, as much as we want to buy things that aren't in packages, so fresh fruits and vegetables and grains and, and meats and cheeses and that mm-hmm. sort of thing that aren't completely processed, there are going to be things that are in packages. And so how can we read a nutrition facts label that makes sense? Um, so we really try to teach that in a way that, that is helpful and easy. Um, and then also talking about, we talk about fiber. Uh, we talk, too, about, um, you know, um, controlling blood sugar for especially we have a lot of diabetics that come through the program. Um, so really kind of a whole range of topics. But, you know, a lot of it is um, pretty much applicable for almost anyone. We don't go too far down any one mm-hmm. one certain path. And we also don't uh, um, recommend any one diet for anyone. Um, we do talk about increasing uh, one's consumption of more vegetables and especially of plant-based proteins or using as meat more of a flavoring agents or maybe trying meatless Mondays or something like that. But we definitely don't um, promote vegetarianism over paleo, over this, over that. It's like we know that different people have different eating styles. And I think that's also present throughout the world. Traditional diets, you are very, you know, are varied and a lot of them are very healthy and what we see that is you know not a healthy diet is the one that we kind of the standard american diet that we have now so it sounds like the the classes that you have are uh it's not just cooking but you're actually learning about nutrition so is that uh is that something that you train your the the individuals that are conducting the classes how did how do they learn this information? Yes, the the facilitators who teach the free six-week series uh, go through uh, what we call the facilitator training program. And so they are taught this information, and, and it's also in a curriculum that they can follow. Um, and we're constantly in touch with them, and we also have continuing education classes for them. So as things come up, they can kind of stay abreast of what's happening. That being said, there you know there's always questions that come up that may they may not be able to answer. And so for that, we say you know please consult your doctor or let me get back to the Happy Kitchen staff and I'll find out for you next week. Things like that. Um, and then in the cooking classes that we have at the center that are that are fee based, um, a lot of those are based on skills, but then also some of them have more nutrition built into them too. It just kind of depends on which which class it is. Mm-hmm. So, and what, what's uh, if you can give me a little bit of uh, an idea of what's the reaction of uh, the people who come to take the classes to this information? Mm-hmm. Do you get resistance? Is it sort of exciting no, for them to I learn I mean I think things? I think the nice thing about actually being there doing the education part of it um, when um, talking with participants 
as most of them have chosen to be there. And so they've made up their mind already that they want to make a change in their life, whether it's big or small. And so they're kind of ready for that. And most of them are really eager. And if anything, they want more and more and more. It's, it, you know, it's a very different scenario if you were just to walk on the side of the street in downtown Austin or something and say, hey, do you want to learn about healthy cooking? You know, that's, that's you know, they haven't necessarily been self-selected. And so what's nice is the people who come to the classes are kind of in that behavior model continuum. They're already willing and wanting to make the behavior. And then each person is kind of different as far as how far they're growing. Or maybe they're, they've, you know, they've gone through this before and they're kind of re-energizing themselves to say, hey, I'm trying to get back on the horse, back on the wagon with, with healthy eating and healthy living. And so this is helping me do that. One of the things you talked about also is um, uh, emphasizing uh, seasonal foods. And tell us why that's important. Sure. So emphasizing seasonal foods is definitely something that puts our cooking program and nutrition program kind of apart from from other programs. And part of that is because we are part of Sustainable Food Center. And so we're really trying to have people understand their local food system and understand what is being grown at a certain time. Um, because when you eat in season, the the produce tends to come from closer from you. Um, it tends to be fresher. Um, and also things that are picked at its um, height um, are generally more nutritious for you. You're listening to Mothering Earth, and I'm talking today with Joy Kasnowski of the Sustainable Food Center's Happy Kitchen, La Cocina Alegre. Time for a break, but we'll be back in a flash. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan, and I'm here today with Joy Kasnowski of the Happy Kitchen La Cocina Alegre program, which is part of the Sustainable Food Center's mission of connecting people to fresh, healthy, local food. We were talking about the value of eating foods that are in season. And Joy, I'm interested in what eating seasonally means to you. I think for me personally, um, it kind of keeps me a little bit more grounded with just seasons and the earth in general because I I now eat fairly seasonally and so I'll get excited when it's tomato season or cucumber season or okra season you know I'm looking forward now to the right. fall to those fall greens and vegetables that I haven't had in a, quite a while so it's it's kind of nice to have that I think that that change in seasonality just like we have in the temperature and the leaves change we have things changing on our plate as well I know that I uh, keep hearing that fewer and fewer people like to cook at home and that most even families might eat out a lot more than they would eat food that was actually cooked at home. Um, is that something that you have to overcome in your uh, sort of instruction about in your cooking classes? I think it's something so. that we're very mindful of. And knowing that people, again, are at our classes because they're wanting to either cook more or cook more efficiently or cook healthfully, cook seasonally. Um, and so most of the recipes that we are teaching and the tips are really for more efficient cooking for how people cook today. Um, so for example, one of the things that we haven't done yet, but one of my coworkers sat in on a webinar um, and it was talking about just consumption of fruits and vegetables overall in the American diet. And one of the things that we've kind of moved towards is 
one pot meals as opposed to having kind of mm-hmm. the separate meat and your potatoes and your you know starch mm-hmm. and your vegetables because again who has time to do that nobody has time versus throwing together you know a soup or a stew or a Thai dish or something where you throw it all in but being mindful of making sure vegetables are included in that um, and other tips as well we have kind of this mantra in the happy kitchen cook twice, or I'm sorry, cook once, eat twice. Mm -hmm. And so the idea too is thinking about meal planning and that if you're going to be cooking something, how can you get more than just one meal out of that? Or if you're going to be cooking, you know, brown rice takes longer to cook than white rice. So maybe every time you make brown rice, you cook twice as much and then freeze half of it. So then the next time you're going to have brown rice, it's already um, in the freezer and all you need to do is thaw it out. So maybe before you go to work or go to school, start your day, you put it in the fridge to thaw out. So then if you're making dinner, you've already got that point um, taken care of. So I think it's just being mindful of of the way that, you know, people's habits have changed in, in cooking and just we don't give that much time to cooking. Right. I always like to look at the um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics or the Bureau of the Bureau of Labor has like these labor statistics right. and they it's basically the time study and they keep track of how people use their time. And it's really fascinating to look at, you know, we spend probably an average of like four hours watching TV. Mm. And, you know, Preparing, cooking, and cleaning up meals is somewhere between like 0.5 and one hour. So you can also really look at where people are devoting are devoting their time. And so right. part of it is educating people on, yes, cooking takes a little bit of time, but if you can do it in an efficient manner and kind of get into, into a habit, you're probably going to save a lot more in your budget and um, health-wise you know, you're probably healthy. You're probably cooking healthier at home than if you were getting fast food or from elsewhere because you can control what you're what you're eating. Um, and then the other benefits too of bringing people together in your right. in your home, either through the cooking process or just sitting down to have a meal together. Yes, is there uh, any kind of uh, an economic benefit that you can show people in in terms of eating at home rather than buying fast food or buying food? You know, yeah. Yes, I mean, it is the cheapest way to eat food is to cook it yourself. Um, but I think the thing that I want to be, again, mindful of is not discounting the fact that that does take time. Mm-hmm. It does take time to decide what are you going to make? How do you obtain it? Do you go to the market? Do you go to the you know, supermarket? Um, and then actually doing the cooking. Um, so there, that, that takes some time. So some of it is kind of like time versus money, but, but then knowing too, that again, if you are getting these other benefits too, so if you're spending, you know, 30 minutes every day cooking food, um, as opposed to the other thing you have to think about too, if you go to get your food, um, you, you know, go through the drive through or you run into the store, you get it, you bring it home. One of the things that I found really interesting in, in Michael Pollan's book, um, was it, I think, cooked? Yeah. He talked about him and his son and his wife. Um, they all, uh, they just kind of wanted to do an experiment. So they decided they were all going to get frozen meals. So they went to the frozen meal section and all picked out their different frozen meals. And of course, at home, they had one microwave. So then each meal took, you know, anywhere from probably five to 10 minutes to heat up. And they were all heating at different rates and they were done at different rates. And so inevitably, they didn't actually get to sit down and and eat so i think sometimes we think that eating out is going to be is going to be quicker um but also you know the other thing too if you don't like to cook keep it simple uh over your years here um what have you learned about people and food um over the years that i've been here 
people and food. Um, food means a lot to different people. And for some people, it doesn't mean anything, you know. Hmm. So, but I think for most of those, for most of the people who food does not mean anything, we generally don't, we know they are out there, but they're generally not the people at the classes. Right. But they might be the family members of people at the classes. So you might have a spouse or a family member that's really excited about changing their diet or learning new recipes, but then they're trying to convince their counterpart at home or their kids that this is the healthy thing to do or this is a good thing. Yeah. Um, also, I think health, healthy food can be um, interpreted different ways. From different mm. from different people, depending on is it sort of a cultural thing or something you know like what you've grown up with? Yeah, I mean, I and I think part of it too is just kind of what we've you know, you know, back in the eighties, everything low fat and margarine was the healthy thing to do, mm. and we're and we're discovering now that actually may not be the most healthy thing. But right. it also doesn't mean go sit down and have a tub of lard right every every <laughs> night for dinner that sort of thing right. Um, but I think I think overall, people are becoming more aware of where their food comes from, how it's produced, who's producing it. Are they, are the people producing their food paid fair wages? Um, is how their food getting to them, in a done in a sustainable manner? Are pesticides being used? Is it healthy? You know, local levels, different school districts, things are people doing in their schools or people are changing up their church lunches or maybe even at the, you know, at the office that they're working in, they're having healthier meals at, at their office or things like that. So I think it's definitely people are becoming much more aware, which right. in, in a way, I think, you know, we're helping to do that. And then it's also allowing us, you know, even more to do our job because people are coming to us with this interest. You know, we're not, you know, kind of coming up with this new idea, right. looking for new followers. It's like people are kind of clamoring to us and saying, hey, we've read this book or I saw this movie or I heard about this. I want to get involved. What can I do? Yeah. So uh, tell me about the structure of one of your uh, cooking classes. What happens? And you talked uh, about being that at the end of it, you would go home with the groceries to make the food. Right. right? So in our six week free cooking classes, right. um, the class meets for an hour and a half every week. And depending on who the audience is, that could be during the day, it could be in the evening. Mm -hmm. um, so people come in, they sign in, they get kind of the handout packets and the recipe for that day. They sit down uh, more of kind of like a class classroom style and you'll have uh, um, um, several large tables at the at the front of kind of the room and then the facilitators there um, leading the class from there and what's interesting is we don't ever have to have a, a real kitchen to do that because we've been doing mm -hmm. our cooking classes out in the community for years and years and years knowing that not everybody has a kitchen in fact most community centers and places don't have a kitchen what they have is maybe a room with some chairs and we can bring in Rubbermaid boxes with all of the cooking equipment to set up the class, um, to have a portable burner, or maybe we're using a blender or something like that to kind of create this experience in this class. Not everybody, it's not a class where everybody has their own cutting board and their own knife, um, okay. that sort of thing. And that's just part of it is because, again, most of the classes are out in the community, so it would be so much equipment to take around to all those places. Um, and then just also the cost 
um, because the cost, because we give groceries at the end of every class to make the recipe that was Mm -hmm. made in class home, that's definitely a cost for the program to offer that. If we didn't do that, the cost would be way down. Um, But that's also a way that people can take home the food, experiment some foods that they never cooked before in a certain way, and then also expose their families to get that buy-in. And the the people that are leading the uh, free classes are the facilitators Mm -hmm. that you've trained. Yes. And then the people that are teaching your uh, paid classes are, who are they? Uh, So they are myself and several other um, staff here at um, Sustainable Food Center, the Happy Kitchen. Um, We also have people from the community as well, that they may be um, a vendor who's selling at our farmer's markets. Um, It also might be a local chef. Um, or it could also be a community member that's just got a real interest or love for something um, and also a talent for showing right. that. So, again, it's kind of opening it up to you don't necessarily have to be a big name chef or have a bunch of letters behind your name in order to kind of teach this stuff. Right. Um, right. One of the things that we do as well now that we have our own kitchen space, um, kitchen and then joining community room, is we do private classes. So if there's any um, offices out there or corporations or groups who want to do some sort of cooking experience together, we can do private classes for folks. And that can be really fun, again, for team building or or something um, like that. And so generally how that looks, it can be lecture style, um, just an hour-long kind of taste, Mm -hmm. or it can be really hands-on where every everybody's making a recipe and then you sit down to to eat together um so those are also good options that sounds like a great idea for like a team building yeah exactly um i know that you have a website uh, so tell us where that where people can go to sure. get more information. Um, our website is sustainablefoodcenter.org, all one word. And um, if you click on the Get Involved section, um, you'll see opportunities for all of our events coming up, like classes. We also have volunteer opportunities if people are interested in that. Um, or just click along on the different tabs. We have a blog. We're also active on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, it's just Sustainable Food Center. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, our handle is SFC Local. Great ideas and great programs at the Happy Kitchen and Sustainable Food Center. Please visit their website at sustainablefoodcenter.org. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth.